This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. everybody. Welcome back to the End of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I have an awesome guest here with me today. I'm really excited about this episode. We're going to be talking about witchcraft, yoga, just so many fun things. And this is Libby. So Libby, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited that we connected. For background, my name is Libby Duffy. I am a yoga teacher, a tarot reader, a practicing witch, and then I feel like so many other things. I'm also a mom. I work in public health. I am working on becoming a mindset coach. I feel like everything is just constantly moving and I'm really excited to talk about all that with you today. Yeah, I can't wait. I feel that too. I'm sure our listeners feel that in the energy. It's kind of like this summer. I feel like these past few months have just been a little bit like slow. I was talking to another friend of mine and they were like, yeah, but it feels like we're all amping up for this. Oh my God. Yeah. I swear that this whole past Leo season, it's like, as soon as Leo season started last month, it's just been like, go, 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 go. So I, I'm not sure what, I guess I'm not sure what Virgo season is going to bring, but I'm hopefully I'm hoping some more grounded energy. Yeah, I know. Me too. Cause I feel like those first few months there, things were super chaotic. Like, oh my God. You it, know, I was talking to my partner about it and I was just like, this Leo season just feels so Leo. Like it's this bold, chaotic energy and nothing is in a standstill. So I swear, I feel like for those who do not believe in astrology, yeah, let me just say, I feel like it might be onto something right now. (laughs) 
I know me too. I totally agree. And you can like, let's talk about astrology. If you're Oh my God. Um, um, yes. So I'm not sure how long you have, because I can talk about astrology for the next like year, but astrology, I, I, do you want me to just start with some basics? So yeah, yeah, we um, actually have never talked about this on the podcast before. Oh my goodness. So this is, this really is exciting. Yeah. All right. So astrology can be broken down into 12 signs. Aries starts the beginning of the astrological new year and then Pisces ends it in that we have water, earth, air, and fire signs. So I've been talking a lot about Leo season over these past couple minutes and Leo season being a fire sign. So basics about Leo, very bold, very confident. They're usually the ones that are at the party talking to everybody, even if they came by themselves and they didn't know anybody. They're Leos. They will make friends wherever they go. So with these past few weeks, I feel like everything has been moving and just going and there hasn't been a chance to stop and catch your breath. And I feel like that is such Leo season. So next is going to be Virgo season, which is an earth sign. So earth signs tend to be more on the grounded side. Uh, They tend to be the more organized. And I, I feel like especially Virgo, they're the ones who are making the plans. They're the ones who are really digging deep and like, okay, well, this is what I want. I'm going to go for it. And they're the ones with the vision board in order to go and do it. And then we have the air signs, which typically they, they tend to be very up in the air. They tend to like to do things at their own pace. And I, I think that's wonderful. Um, my younger sister is actually an air sign. She's a Gemini. And there, there have been times where, so I'm an earth sign. I'm a Capricorn and Capricorns can be very stuck and fixed, but having an air sign younger sibling has been very challenging over the years because she'll be more go with the flow and more free spirited. And I'm in the background going, let's make a plan. Do we have a timeline? What does our our itinerary look like? So whenever we have traveled together in the past, it's been absolutely so funny to watch. And I'm sure our parents have both like loved watching it, but then also hated hearing the bickering because it's just never ending. And then last are the water signs. So they tend to be very in touch with their emotions, tend to be very intuitive. Sometimes they can make a plan and stick to it, but oftentimes they're kind of like the sea. They want to go with the flow. They want to enjoy the ride and kind of ride the waves. So it, it's all a mix. And, um, that, that's just a basic overview. And I do, uh, there have been times where I do like little seminars where I get really deep dive and kind of look at astrology and even looking into how to incorporate astrology with yoga. So taking the inspiration to create yoga flows and it's been super fun. Yeah, that's so interesting. And just for our listeners, if you're not following along with that, like, you know, structure, basically what happens is this time of year, then that can pull us back into these emotions. So right right now, obviously we're all kind of feeling that chaos, maybe just a little bit all over the place, you know, not totally structured, but in these next few months, we should start to feel that organized. And it's kind of funny, like back to school. I was just about to say, what is more Virgo than back to school? (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) Like brand new planners, brand new notebooks. That is like the Virgo happy place, ready to go, ready to learn new things. And then 
after that, we have Libra and then Scorpio, which Scorpio falls right in end October, early November. So it's like smack dab spooky season. And I, I think that's so fitting for Scorpio sometimes. So true. Even the sign is like creepy, you know? Yeah. The scorpion, like who wants to meet a scorpion in the middle of the night? Exactly. Exactly. So I love that you explained that. Can you tell us what that looks like when you would do some type of yoga practice with that? And how may witchcraft also come into play here? Cause I can't wait to unpack that part of what you do for our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's a couple of different ways to go into astrology in yoga. The way that if anybody follows me on uh, Instagram, Yogini Witch Libby, they would see that I tend to base yoga poses based off of what sign the moon is in. So looking at moon transit. And then from there, so I will, each one of the astrological signs kind of like rules over a body part. So Aries being first rules the head. And then it flows down to the feet, Pisces rolling the toes and the feet. So it, when I create flows using the moon transit, I will be like, oh, moon is in Leo. Leo rules the heart, the circulatory system and the chest muscle area. So lots of open hearts. So lots of camel poses, back bends, anything where your chest is really shining forward or forward. So once you start learning more and more about astrology, you kind of get to see what movements are more astrological based. So Scorpio, it rules the, the, the genital region and those kinds of organs. So I will typically do a lot of poses that open up the root or the sacral chakra. So some squats, anything that is getting that area flowing. So, um, and then there, there's other ways to do it. So if at the beginning of a new season, then I might do a, a whole entire practice, 30 minute flow of just honoring that sign that we're entering into. I love that. Cause it's almost like amping us up and our bodies right. reconnect or reopen ourselves to that part, you know, which for me, like I always ignore my feet. So I have to be like mentally checked into my feet, you know, it's like, right. You- that I've worked with, they're like, your feet are so tense and yeah. it's so funny, you know, like why my feet? I have no clue. But then I did more research and it was around the safety and like all of these things that I had to unpack. The root yeah. chakra. Yep. Exactly. Yep. The trauma. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and chakras, I feel like play into such in my coven courses series. I don't really t- talk about the chakra work that sometimes we really need to work on because then all of a sudden we're walking around with tight feet, tight ankles and our lower backs hurt. And we're like, why does this hurt? And I don't know, but chakra work is another thing that can be so beneficial in a yoga practice. And there's so many different poses that can help open up different meditations, whatever kind of cup of tea that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great to give inspiration, I think too, because sometimes I get like stuck in a practice, especially with yoga. feels like I do like the same thing every time. It's comfortable. Yeah, exactly. And if you integrate the signs, like it's like, oh, I can try something new, you know, as I'm heading into this new season and that's right. really fun. Nice way to shake it up. You know? Exactly. We, I, 
I teach yoga. And yet it's just like, I feel like I tend to love the same things over and over again. And those are kind of like my comfort poses. They're the ones that are in every routine that I do. So why doing a Leo season flow or a Capricorn flow or anything along those lines, it, it really helps break it up and give you that new perspective and that working new muscle groups too. Yeah, that's so true. Like really adding on that health there. And can you tell us more about the witchcraft work that you do with your clients and how does that connect to yoga? And, you know, like we're all into holistic things here at the end of mine. So I'm sure everyone's so intrigued to hear more about that type of work. Yeah. So I've also done a a couple of herbology courses. So one of the things that I also teach is herbology in yoga. So looking at different herbs and what they can do for our bodies. So I'm sure we know the basics. Chamomile is relaxing. Lavender is calming, helps soothe you into sleep. So those kinds of basic ones. And then black tea is more of an energizing. Anything citrus is going to be typically energizing. So that might correspond to a first thing in the morning sunrise practice because it really gets you moving in that at that time and probably not going to want to drink black tea right before going to bed that would typically be where I'm suggesting chamomile or some maybe sleepy time tea if you struggle with insomnia and those types of things so I found herbology to be quite useful in yoga and I always end it by saying realistically whatever you choose, have it be something you like. Don't force yourself to drink a cup of tea that you know you're not going to like, but you're just doing it because you think it's going to do something for you. And, or don't light a candle if you know you're not going to like the smell of it. You might as well enjoy what you're doing. Really, I think enjoying is going to be more beneficial to your mental health and more beneficial to your practice than anything that anybody could claim. Yeah, that's such good insight. I think that that's actually, I would love to take our conversation in that direction because a lot of the things that we talked about and you working in public health, like you can probably, you probably have such a great pulse on this. When I go on some, somewhere like TikTok, you know, and it's like meditate for three hours a day or like my clients and I have been talking about this a lot recently and it feels like a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? They, they feel like they have to meditate three hours a day to like be successful. And I say to them all the time, meditate, however it fits into your life. And like, if you can't meditate that day, it's like not the end of the world, but even myself, I will fall into that trap, you know, like, Oh, I didn't meditate. And then I'll like blame if something bad happens, (laughs) not meditating. Can you tell us what that how we can get out of that psychological like rabbit hole, I guess, you know, of kind of having to fall into these patterns. Sure. So for, for background, for the listeners, I do also want to mention that in my public health background, I worked a lot in substance use disorder prevention. And through that, I learned about motivational interviewing and I actually am motivational interviewing certified. Um, So when I speak to this, that is where I am coming from just to throw that out there. Realistically, if you don't like it, don't do it. And that is going to be more beneficial to your mental health. If you are not ready to sit down and meditate for three hours, then you're not going to be able to get the benefits of meditation. Mm, If everybody talks about like, oh, meditating, meditating can be so beneficial and you're right. But if we're looking at the stages of readiness, if you're not in 
the action phase of meditating for three hours, it's not going to help you. You're much better off in the preparatory phase and meditating for five minutes and then working with yourself up to that. And I, I'm sure we all know this, but I do just want to give the reminder of social media isn't necessarily real. And we all fall into that trap. I am guilty of falling into that trap too, where it's like, oh, well, this person has such a great, amazing standing split. And I'm lucky if I get my foot over my head at all. And it's just kind of like, who cares? At the end of the day, who cares? If that is your practice, then that should be your practice. And I think that we should honor our practice where we are. So for instance, I can't, I can't hold a handstand. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I've been, I've been doing yoga since I was like five years old because I was raised by a yoga teacher. So it's just been my life. Who cares if we can't hold a headstand, handstand, whatever. Who cares if you can't sit still and meditate for three hours? I know I can't. I meditate for like 10 minutes a day if I'm lucky. And I, sometimes it's only two minutes. I think just taking those little moments to sit down and ground yourself in that moment is probably like going to be just as beneficial if you need that two minutes to kind of recenter yourself and come back into the moment, then that's great. I don't think that you need to do a three hour practice. That's my take though. No, I completely agree. And I think that we touched on this at the beginning of the question, but just to come back for our listeners, it's it's stressful when you hear that you need to be meditating for three hours or, you know, taking on this practice. It's so overwhelming. And I think that that's why so many people shut it down, you know, early on. Right. I agree. And it's just kind of like from that stress, then you're going to have that negative self-talk of being like, oh, I'm. I'm a terrible yogi because I can't sit still for three hours and meditate. I'm a terrible yogi because I don't have whatever muscle control to hold a certain pose for a long period of time. And it's just like, nope, your practice looks different than somebody else's practice. And that doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more because it really is all about just showing up for yourself. And exactly giving the time. And I love that you mentioned, like, if you get two minutes in or 10 minutes in, like, that's good. Some days I wake up and I just don't have the time, you know, or I need to get busy and Bailey needs me and, you know, like things are going on at the house and it does, it feels like this pressure, like I'm not doing what I should be doing or showing up for myself, how I should be showing up. So tell us like, what are some of those alternative witchcraft ways that you will help people in tune, get in tune with themselves? Like maybe if they don't have all the time in the world, you know, for their practice. So one thing that I like to do for the folks that I work with is doing tarot readings. I have found tarot reading to be very good to kind of like, it it helps me get out of my own head and helps my clients get out of their own heads and see in some sort of visual representation of either what's going on, how to move forward, or like maybe it's a different angle of of it because I feel like our brains, and granted there's even psychology that proves this, our brains like to do the same pathway and they like to do the same routes and they like to do it over and over and over again. And that's why we get those anxious spirals. Mm -hmm. So I have found that sometimes if something happens, you could just be fixated on one little part of it. And then tarot can help you see the whole bigger picture. 
of the different sides of everything. Oh, I love that. So what will that look like? Like, can you walk us through maybe like a situation? Yeah. Sure. So let's see, maybe somebody is really dissatisfied with their job, right? Happens all the time. You get into a position, you start to really like it for the first little bit and then everything like it kind of loses its shine and you start to wonder like, is this the right path? My boss did blah, blah, blah to me today. And I don't like that. Am I doing the, am I in the right career path? Am I doing the right thing for my Dharma and all of those kinds of things? What we can do is I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen on like TikTok and Instagram, the big, crazy, like 10 card spreads. Personally, uh, the highest I will go is a five card spread. I, I don't really think that you need more than that. I generally do three to five cards. So it, it's kind of nice to see like it, card one, my perception of the situation. Card two, the big picture of the situation. Card three, how do I move forward from this situation? And then, you know, could go on card four, card five of what is my next step and who could help me along my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So those kinds of things I have found to be really helpful. Yeah, that's amazing. I've used cards too. Like I will just pull them for myself at times or if I'm feeling lost, you know, like today is one of those right. days where it's like craziness. It's like, yeah, <laughs> a good grounding practice, you know? Right. I, yeah. I, I found that it's really good for grounding and it talk about, you know, oh, I have two minutes. What can I do for grounding in two minutes? Take a couple deep breaths focus in on a question or a situation or something that I want an answer or a clearer picture to, and then look at those three to five cards and see if there's any guidance from the universe that I can find. Yeah. That's so great. Cause it, it does at times, like I'm sure that you've seen this with your clients or maybe even in your personal life, you can tell me if this resonates, but I feel like when I'm stuck or when I'm not moving forward. This month was kind of that month for me. Things just slowed down a little bit. And I was just on a call actually earlier. My mentor was mentioning like, that's just the energy that we're in. Like this is supposed to be the slow state. And it kind of solidified things for me. I'm like, okay, so I'm not the only one that's feeling this, you know? No, I, I, I know you're a couple years younger than I am, but I feel like you probably had a similar experience growing up where it's like, oh, if things aren't moving at the same pace all the time and you're not constantly Constantly checking the boxes every single day, something is wrong with you. And it's just like, no, we're going to have slumps. We're going to have slow periods. We're going to have these months where maybe we're not doing as much as we feel like. Maybe we need a rest month. And I think we should be allowed to give ourselves that extra rest. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And with your clients, you know, cause I know that you mentioned earlier, like the substance abuse and the clients that you've worked with, because I, even on another podcast I was doing, it's like, we all have our thing, you know, like we all right. have some sort of escape. So it's everyone, you know, like it's not just one particular portion of the population, of course, degrees and all those things, but right. 
we all have an escape. And can you tell us what that kind of looks like for your clients when they're just exploring this at first? And does it really help them, you know, get out of their head and into the moment, as you mentioned, because a lot of our listeners are early on on this journey, or they're just exploring this type of, you know, work, especially with the witchcraft aspect and the tarot cards. I love that you brought that into play because we have never talked about that on the show either. Um, So what does that feel like for them? Is there any resistance that comes up, you know, and how can we navigate that if so? I haven't had any resistance from it, but I do also think that like in my Instagram, it clearly says tarot reader. Like, uh, so I feel like anybody who I would attract to my page is probably at least open to tarot cards or maybe Oracle cards or something along those lines. So I I think I just have attracted that type of person. Um, and I, so I haven't really found the, the resistance to tarot granted in my personal life with a few of my friends who are of completely different religion than what I am. They have looked at my tarot cards and gone like, I don't know about that. So you kind of learn what works for some people and what works for others. If I did take on a client that's like, oh, I don't want to do tarot. I was told X, Y, Z about tarot. It's evil. It's bad. It's blah, 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 blah. And so I would be like, okay, that's fine. We don't have to do that. And as far as like, you're talking about the escapes and everything, and it's just so true. Like everybody has a coping skill. It, Mm -hmm. It all depends on the person, what that coping skill is. For some people, it's a less than healthy coping skill. It for others, it may just be like, oh, I'd, I'm a runner. So running is a coping skill. Mm-hmm. Tarot is even one of my coping skills. And taking those deep breaths and two minute breaks are my coping skills. Mm-hmm. But as far as the the people at the beginning of their journey, what I would like to say to them is let wherever you are be where you are. You don't need to push yourself further into the healing journey than what you are ready for. I actually think if you try to force yourself onto a healing journey quicker than what you are ready for, it's just going to end up causing more issues. And if you aren't ready to talk about a subject, that's fine. You can always come back to it. I think you should start where you are. And I know I mentioned the the stages of change earlier. And I, I apologize if you can hear my dogs in the background. Um, but uh, this, as far as the stages of change go, if you're still in the contemplative or pre-contemplative stage, that's fine. You can think about it as much as you want before you make that shift and you make that switch. I know even myself, there have been times where it's like, oh no, I'm not ready to take on clients. Oh no, I'm not ready to do mindset coaching. Oh no, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for that. And eventually you'll get to that point. Might yeah. take you a couple of years. It took me a couple of years. It, I think that's totally valid. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such, it's, it's, I feel like you're speaking to me. <laughs> like I need to hear that, you know, because <laughs> when you transition exactly, like you said, it's like yeah, all the boxes, how can I get the marketing done? How can I add it to the website? It's like a mad right. dash, you know, it's like, what's the rush? Like it, right. It, it doesn't mean anything. Like if we do wait exactly how you said, sometimes it just like naturally happens rather right. than this forcefulness. Yeah. I'm at the point in my life where it's like, I don't want to force anything. 
I just want to enjoy moments. I want to enjoy my time with, I want to enjoy helping clients on their journeys. I want to enjoy my toddler. I like all of these things. I just want to enjoy my life. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Cause it's, I think it's also society, which we kind of touched on this too. It's, yeah, you know, they give us these thoughts or beliefs and it's generational. And I was also recording this on another podcast. It's not just, that it's a bad thing. Like I think so many people are mm-hmm. like, it's terrible. You know, it's like the worst thing ever. And it's like, we just didn't have the knowledge. Now we have the opportunity. Right to sit with our lives and just be content and be happy. And what's so wrong about that? You know, that's what life can be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We, everybody should have the opportunity to do what makes them happy. And I, I have found that it, it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I have found witchcraft to be a part of what makes me happy. I love it. Oh my gosh. Me too. Like I love witchcraft. I love it all. When I was in um, elementary school or whatever, I guess I was in like middle school. You had to write a paper about something to graduate. I was actually in high school and I wrote mine about the Salem witch trials because I was so obsessed with learning about it, you know? And I know that you said, or you mentioned like some people might not have the same perception on it. And I've absolutely run into this with like starting my own business. Mm -hmm. You know, people think I'm crazy, especially when I'm like intuitive and like, you know, talking all these woo woo things, but I truthfully believe it. And I know how many people it helps as well. And I would love to know what that was like for you and, you know, your experience. Very early on, I, I, I felt drawn to witchcraft. Like I was really little and I was the kid who was playing with sticks and rocks and making quote unquote potions in the backyard with mud. So it's always just been a part of my life, but I feel like I started, my mom got me an Oracle card deck. And uh, from there, I just started looking more and more into Oracle cards and then tarot cards. And all of my interest in witchcraft came right back and it became more of an actual practice and having that practice felt very healing and very refreshing to me. And as I continued on in my tarot journey, it was very helpful for my mental health to see that visual description in the tarot cards and kind of get that little bit of insight for things. So my reliance on having a practice of some sort was very helpful. And I started getting really into crystals and looking at the different, I guess, uses is the best word that I can think of to come up with uh, for crystals. So you know, protection and amethyst and like rose quartz for love and all of that kind of stuff. So I, it was like, like I had the opportunity to learn more and more. And through that, I was able to apply it to my life more and more. So witchcraft and that kind of practice may work for some, but not for everybody. So I, I think it depends on the person. Well, thank you so much for sharing and like coming on our show. I absolutely loved our conversation, even though we had a little bit of a hiccup there here and it's there. It's okay. 
I'm so happy to do this. Oh my gosh. I had the best time and I really want um, you and I to stay connected. And how can our listeners also connect with you? What's the best way to do so? Sure. I am on mostly on Instagram, but I am on TikTok and Facebook as well. I am Yogini Witch Libby. And my website is just yoginiwitchlibby.com. So fairly easy to find. And that's all one string, no spaces or underscores. Um, I, I'm the, I should be the only one. So should it be hard to find? Love it. Great. And we'll have all the links below for our listeners too, if you're driving or if you need to come back to this, we'll have all of the links to get in touch with Libby that way. Thank you so much, Libby. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.